I have a question. Are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to the Mowing in the Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for tuning in to another Faith Friday episode. Welcome back, guys. Thanks so much for returning. If you're new here, welcome. So glad that you're here for a Faith Friday episode. Welcome to the club. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know what it really is. It's not a club. All right. So, uh, guys, it's a beautiful day outside. It is rainy, it's gray, it, all the snow's gone except for piles here and there. Uh, it's like 40-some degrees outside. It is weird for February. It's just weird for February, but I'm grateful for it. I'm very grateful for the warm weather we're having because next week, my family and I are going to be heading out to, we're going to be heading down to the Kentucky Exposition Center, not for the Equip Expo, because that's in October. We're going for the far, the National Farm Equipment Show. So we're going to go meet some friends there. We are going to have a great time. It's going to be fun. The whole family's going for this one. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and because the weather's so warm, I don't have to worry about snow. Um at least so far. The 10-day forecast looks great, and I am looking forward to getting out of Michigan, getting out of the routine for a little bit, and just heading down south, a little ways down south, six hours, and just having a good time. Now, I do want to say, next week, there will not be a Thursday episode or a Friday episode, okay? So there's not going to be a Faith Friday next week. I'm going to take Thursday and Friday off from the podcast and posting on YouTube. Uh, I'm just going to take a break. I'm not going to work ahead or anything like that. I have a hard time doing that anyway. So we are just going to take a break. I, I need a break. I've been, as you guys have seen, I've been posting consistently here for a long time now and so it just it can be very draining and so I'm just going to take a break I'm going to take a couple days off and then come Tuesday of the following week we are going to jump back into it and get going again so just wanted to give you a warning there so before we go any further let me pay, play the podcast show sponsor and then we will jump right into our Faith Friday episode. As a lawn care provider, do you want to make a year-round income? Are you worried at the end of the lawn care season because you don't know how you're going to make it through the winter? Then you need to check out the 12-month contract from the Mowing in the Dark podcast. This is the same contract that Aaron uses to grow his lawn care business. This 100% editable 12-month contract template is available for only $5.99. The contract has rock-solid terms and conditions, so you are protected from all kinds of liability in lawn maintenance and snow removal. Get your 12-month contract at mowinginthedarkpodcast.com today. All right, guys, so jumping into Faith Friday today, the way we do this here, if you're new... 
I hope you're new. I hope we get a lot of new people coming in. But if you're new to the to the Faith Friday episodes, the way we do this, it's basically a Bible study, guys. I take a book of the Bible, right? This uh, for this series or whatever we are in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. So if you're at home, you're watching this online, or you're listening on the podcast, grab your Bible, read along. All right. So the way we do this is I take a whole chapter. I read the whole chapter. Now, if it's a long chapter, we'll split it in two or whatever. But for for most of them, I take one chapter, I read the entire thing, and then I go back to verse one and we go through and we break it down. Okay. Sometimes I use a commentary for help, but by and large, I just I give my thoughts on it. I give what I know. I'm not a Bible scholar. I didn't go to Bible school. I've never been to seminary. I just love the Word of God, and I study it. These, These chapters that I read to you and that we go through, I read and reread every day of the week, so leading up to the Faith Friday episode. So when we get there, I've already read this. I mean, I've read it before. I read through Ephesians last year, okay, but that was before I was even doing the Faith Friday episodes. Now, I read the chapter, so we're, we're jumping into chapter 3 this week. I've been reading chapter 3 since Friday of last week. So I read it once a day, and I ponder it, I, I think about it, I, I pray on it. I ask God for wisdom and knowledge to understand it and to break it down for you guys and so that I can understand it. And so I put a lot of effort into these Faith Friday episodes. So if you like the Faith Friday episodes, please give the podcast a five-star rating. Do a little a little uh, review on the podcast, if you would, in Apple iTunes. You can't do that in Spotify, but you can in Apple uh, podcasts. So if you could do that, that's all I ask you to do with these podcasts. All right. So without any further ado, let's jump into Ephesians chapter three. All right. Starting at verse one. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of the, of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations, as it has now been made has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the work, through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent 
was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged but because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom the, his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. All right, and that ends chapter 3. All right, let's go back and let's start at verse 1 again. All right, for this is Paul writing. If you didn't listen to the the last two um, episodes on Ephesians, why don't you go back and listen to those? That'll give help give you some context on what we're talking about today. All right, but for now, let's keep going in chapter three. Chapter three, verse one. For this reason, I Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. All right, let's stop there. All right, Paul. Paul writes a ton of run-on sentences, all right? He's just the king of run-on sentences. But we're going to stop right here because Paul is a prisoner when he's writing this. Paul suffered so much in his ministry because he was he was persecuted by the Jews. He was persecuted by Rome. He was just persecuted by everybody, pretty much everybody. Um, but Paul is in prison while he's writing this letter to Ephesus. All right. So let's keep going. Verse two, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. All right. So he's writing to Ephesus. This is a church in Ephesus. And he's saying here, certainly, certainly you've already heard about God's grace the grace that has been given to the Gentiles, all right? Because Jews are Jews and Gentiles are non-Jews. So Jews are Jews. Everybody else is a Gentile, all right? That's a big distinction that you have to understand when it comes to Paul's writings, all right? So verse three, that is the mystery made known to me by revelation as I have already written briefly. So he wrote about this in chapter two. All right, so the revelation, the revelation that Gentiles are now co-equals with the Jews. We can be saved. That's what Paul is writing about here. We can be saved. In fact, let's see. 
Well, I'm not going to go back and find it. It'll just take too long, and that's dead air. So um, let's continue on. Verse 4. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. So there, there's this mystery with Christ. Let's keep going. Verse 5. Which was not made known to men in other generations, as it has now been made, has been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. Okay, so there's a question there. What was revealed and who are the apostles and prophets, right? Well, the apostles are people like Paul. Uh, there's the 12 apostles like Peter, uh, James, John. Um, oh gosh, there's so many. Uh, there's just so many to list. I can't even list them all. But um, so the apostles, the people that actually walked with Jesus, Paul is an apostle, even though he did not walk with Jesus. He met with Jesus, though bodily, when on the Damascus Road, when, when Christ struck Paul or Saul at that time, tr- struck him blind and changed his name to, to Paul and then restored his sight. Okay, so let's go back to verse four, just so I can wrap my mind around what I'm saying here. Verse four, in reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight. So Paul's insight into the mystery of Christ. Verse five, which was made known to men in other generations as it has now been, or as it was not made known to men in other generations, as it has been revealed by the spirit of God, spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. So Paul, Paul is saying here that this was a mystery to the people in the Old Testament. This was a mystery to people even when Jesus was on the earth. But he's saying here that God, the Holy Spirit, has revealed to Paul and to the apostles this thing called the church. That, that's what he's saying here. That's what he's getting at. And the, and the grace of God. Okay, Verse 6. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Jesus Christ. What's the promise of Jesus Christ? That we can be together with him in heaven. That's the promise of Jesus Christ. And we are co-heirs. We're heirs together with Israel. Gentiles in the Old Testament, they were not allowed in the temple. Jews were the only ones that had access to God, to God, the the only God, all right? God, the Father. And then now, because Jesus came, because the Son of God came and died for us and rose again on the third day, we have access to God, to heaven, We have access to salvation. We can enter in to the Holy of Holies because we are co-heirs with Israel. Now, what is the gospel? What's the gospel? The gospel is that Jesus Christ, though we were sinners, we were sinners from the beginning. Adam and Eve sinned because they sinned, because sin entered in in the garden. We, all of us, are born sinners. And we are dead in our sins. 
And if God gives us the judgment that we deserve because he is just, God is just, all right? Yes, he is loving. He is all loving. He is all mercy, but he is also justice. And if God gives us the justice that we deserve for our sin, the sin that we committed against a holy God, we all die. Not a single person on earth would be alive because we would have to get what we deserved. But because Jesus came born to a virgin, he was not born in a natural way. He was not conceived in sin because the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and he was conceived through the Holy Spirit so that he would not have the sin nature that we have. Through Jesus Christ, who lived a life that was sinless, he committed no sin. He chose he was not forced he didn't he didn't do nobody asked him to do it except for god the father god the son and god the father made a covenant with each other before the foundations of the earth were even formed that jesus would come as a savior so now jesus willingly lays down his life and takes the sins of the world, the sins of mankind, upon himself in our place. It should have been us on the cross. It should have been us hanging there. It should have been us that was flogged and beaten and bruised. But God, in his mercy, in his love, chose to lay down his life for us. Someone recently said that you would not have, they, the Romans did not have to nail Christ to the cross. He would have crawled up there willingly and stood there. That is how much mercy and grace Jesus bestowed upon us, upon mankind. He took our sins upon him. As, as, John, as I've heard John MacArthur say it, that the, the whole thing of, of Jesus taking our sin and, and God looking at him as though he as Jesus was us. So Jesus is on the cross and God is looking down on Jesus. And it's as though it's us on that cross. And so when God looks at Jesus on the cross, he sees us in our sin. And when he looks at us standing, standing by the wayside, looking at Jesus, he sees Christ. That's, that's what Jesus did for us. That's the gospel. And then Jesus Christ rose. That's not the whole gospel. Jesus Christ rose from the dead conquering sin and death he destroyed sin and death to be completely destroyed at a time that has not yet come but he has wrestled the keys away from death and hades and he has ascended to the right hand of the father that's the gospel of jesus christ that's how we can be saved the bible says 
if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that Christ, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. We're talking about the gospel. That's what Paul is talking about here. The, this gospel, it's through the gospel. It's no longer through the law. We can't be saved through the Jewish law. It is through the gospel of Jesus Christ that we're saved. It's, that's the only way that we can be saved. We cannot do anything. There is no works. There's no activity. There's no, no amount of church going that we can do to be saved. In of, of, and of ourselves, there is absolutely nothing, nothing that we can do to be saved other than believe. Just believe. We have to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And we have to believe in our heart that, Christ ra- that God raised Christ from the dead. And we shall be saved. All right. That's the gospel. Let's keep going. That's the gospel that Paul's talking about. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. Verse 7. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. So Paul is a servant of the gospel. Paul is spreading the gospel to the Gentiles because remember, the, the, the Gentiles were kept at arm's length. They could not enter into the temple. It was against the law. It was a death sentence for the Gentiles to enter the temple. But now Paul is spreading the gospel to the Gentiles. Verse 8, although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Why does Paul say that he is the least? He should be he should be thinking of himself as the greatest, right? Because I mean, according to us, like he is like the all-star. He's the all-star of the Bible other than Jesus, of course. I mean, Jesus was really the the centerpiece of the Bible, but after Jesus, Paul is now like the the home run hitter, right? Paul says that I am the least of all God's people. Why is Paul saying that? It's because Paul, before he was Paul, when his name used to be Saul, Saul was a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He knew the law backwards and forwards. He could recite it to you. He could recite the first five books of the Bible by memory to you. He knew the law and the church was emerging after Jesus came and rose again and ascended to heaven, the church was starting to emerge. And Paul, or Saul at the time, was persecuting the church. He was literally throwing Christians in jail. He was killing and stoning Christians. He was leading the charge. That is why Paul says, I am the least of all God's people. Don't you think that Paul has a memory of the things that he did before he was Paul? Yes, God changed his name. He's a new creation. Yes, absolutely. Praise God. 
But don't you think he still has that memory? Don't you think that he remembers? He's human. We have memories of sins that we've committed. We have memories of terrible things that we've done that we wish we never did. Paul is saying, I am the least of all of all God's people. This grace was given me. He was given, it was given to Paul. He is so surprised. He's shocked. To preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Can you imagine what Paul thinks of the gospel of Jesus Christ? When he says unsearchable, can you imagine the thoughts that he has about that? The memories that he thinks back to? The stoning of Stephen? He's standing there holding the coats of the people that are stoning Stephen. He's standing there encouraging them, looking proud, standing tall. Don't you think he has a memory of that? That's why he says the unsearchable riches of Christ. They're so vast you can't even search through them. It's like a needle in a million haystacks. And it's been given to Paul to share to the Gentiles. Verse 9, and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. So it's been given to Paul to share this, to share that the grace of God is available for Gentiles. It's available for everyone. It's available for the vilest sinner. It's available for the murderer in prison. It's available for the the rapist in prison. It's available for the child molester in prison. I know that that one really ruffles people's feathers. It is available for that person. I know that one ruffles feathers. But it's true. If God didn't come and die for all, then he died for none. That's why That's why the gospel is so powerful. God took every single murder. Don't you understand? He took every single murder, every single rape, every single child abuse, every single child molestation upon himself on the cross. Don't you understand? That is why this gospel is so unbelievably powerful. Don't you get it? And it's been given to Paul to share with the entire world, essentially. This mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. So it was hidden. It was hidden from the Jews. It was hidden through the whole Old Testament. It, was, it wasn't hidden through the prophets necessarily. They were proclaiming the coming of the Messiah, but it was still hidden through the prophets. All right, verse 10. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. All right, I'm not going to mince any words. I don't know what that means. All right. I don't know what that means. I don't know what what 
what um, what rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms means. I don't know. But I do know his intent, intent was that now, through the church, that's the church, all right? That's Gentiles. Would you believe that? That's Gentiles or Jews who come into the church, the body of Christ, believers through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Okay, again, I don't know what the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms means, but we can take it up to that point. According to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. This was his purpose. This was the eternal purpose, which he, what does it say? Which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. I really like it when Paul says, Lord Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus our Lord. Because there's so many people today that view Jesus as a savior, but not as Lord. I talked about this, I believe, in in the, the first episode of the Ephesians series, where he says, in Lord Jesus Christ. And that just strikes me. So many people today do not look at Jesus Christ as Lord. They only look at him as savior. They, they treat him, oh yeah, Jesus Christ, he saved me from my sins. Now I'm going to go have fun. I'm going to party. Gonna, I'm going to shake my booty. Going to do whatever I want to do. I know shaking your booty isn't necessarily a sin, but you get what I'm saying. They live however they want to live. They, they spit in Jesus' face. And I would, event, I would even say they may not even be saved. They may not know the grace of Jesus Christ because they live as if they don't know it. You cannot encounter the grace of Jesus Christ and live as if you do not know it. You can't. In my experience, you can't. It is life-altering. It is life-changing. It will forever change the trajectory of your life. When you have Christ that comes in and transforms your heart, you cannot keep silent about it. You cannot continue to live in the sin that you always have lived in. You can't. It's impossible. And if you do, you do not know the grace of Jesus Christ. You have not believed in your heart that Christ raised him, that God raised Christ from the dead. You don't fully believe that that's what I'm standing on here. All right, let's keep going. Uh, According to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord, that's through the cross, through Christ Jesus on the cross, the gospel, verse 12, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Don't you understand? Don't you see what Paul is saying here? Again, Look back at the Jews and the temple. The Gentiles could not approach. They could not approach God. They didn't have a way. Now Paul is saying, we may approach Christ with freedom and confidence. We can walk in there boldly. And we don't even have to go to the temple anymore. 
We are the temple. Our body is the temple. We, the, the walls have been torn down. We have access to Christ directly to Christ. We can go with confidence. It's so, don't you understand the amazing gift that the gospel is? It is the amazing gift of God. Verse 13, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Okay, so what is he talking about here? My sufferings. Well, Paul is suffering. He's in prison. He's in prison right now. He's locked up in chains. And that was not a pleasant thing in, back in Paul's time. You were put in stocks. You were chained to another prisoner in a cell. It was not pleasant. It was cold. You, you were sat on a hard floor. You were in one position the entire time. You were not let out for anything. You had to go to the bathroom on yourself. It was a disgusting existence. But Paul is saying here, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged. Don't be discouraged because I'm in prison. Don't be discouraged because I'm suffering. Because it's your glory. It's your glory. It's the church's glory that I'm suffering because I get to tell. I get to write to you about this. I get to tell the Gentiles about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 14, for this reason... I kneel before the Father, from whom this whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. All right, so I'm sorry, guys, my battery died, so I'm a little, I'm a little flustered, but we're going to keep going here. All right, so derives its name. That's verse 15. Let me start at verse 14 again, if you please. Verse 14, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and and on earth derives its name. So he's talking again about the church. This is his family. This, he's talking about the church. All right, verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. He's, he's praying for the, the Ephesians that the Holy Spirit would strengthen them with power because they're seeing Paul suffer. They're seeing Paul suffer and they know as Paul says and as Peter says in his epistle we are going to suffer. Christians are going to suffer. So he's praying, he's asking God. I pray that out of his out of God's glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, through his spirit in your inner being. Verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, verse 18, may have power together with all the saints to grasp. Now this is powerful to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the, fa- is the love of Christ. 
and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Paul, do you, are you hearing Paul's amazement at the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you hear that when he's writing this? He wants them to grasp. He's praying that you would grasp through the Holy Spirit, that the church would be able to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That's why, that's why I was talking about the prisoner. God's got the gospel can reach the vilest murderer in prison. It can reach the rapist. It can reach the child molester. We have a hard time understanding how long and how high and how deep the love of God is. God goes to extreme lengths. Don't you get it? He went to extreme lengths on the cross. Don't you get it? What what is not to understand? His gospel, the love of Christ, reaches to the vilest sinner. God can reach the most evil, depraved human being you can ever think or imagine. That is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is why the Bible, the word of God, that is why Christ, that is why there is no other God like our God. None. There is no one who stepped down from heaven to put on flesh and die for someone else. There is no other religion on the face of this earth who has a a God who came down in flesh, took my sin, took your sin upon himself, took our place, so that we could live. Our God is the only one that did that. He's the only one. The, the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's crazy. It's crazy. But that's, that's the depths. That's the lengths that God went to for his glory it's not for us. It's not because he loves us so much. It's not because he, he, he just desires to be with us. No, it's for his glory. It's for God's glory that he came and died for us so that he would get the glory. We have no part. We can do nothing. We are trash. He came and took our trash upon him so that we could have his righteousness. That's the gospel. I didn't even see this before until I'm reading it today to you. 
I've read this all week and I did not see the, the fault line that runs through here that the, the, we've been watching this gold show on, on, uh, on discovery or whatever. My boys love it. And, and they talk about this, this gold, uh, what do you call it? It's like a, like a vein, a gold vein. This is the gold vein running through Ephesians. This is the gold vein. The gospel is the gold vein running through Ephesians chapter three. And I didn't even see it. Where was my brain? Let's keep going here. I've been, I've been on my little, uh, my stump for too long here. Verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, verse 18, may have power together with all the saints to grasp again, how, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Verse 19, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Again, in our human brains, we can't even fathom that God would forgive a child molester. We can't fathom that God would forgive a murderer. We cannot fathom it. Verse 20. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Just think about, just think about the, the gospel. Do you understand we in our human brain could never think something up like this? The, your favorite movies that you watch, they take the gospel as a story and they, they, they use that as a storyline in movies. Did you know that? Did you realize that? This is the greatest story ever told. There is no greater story. That's why they have to use the model of Jesus Christ and the gospel because there's no greater story ever told. That's why it connects with people. That's why we like movies like Braveheart and, and, and Saving Private Ryan. We love those movies because it has a through line of someone giving up their life for someone else. That's the gospel. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. 21, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Paul just proclaims over, over this letter. That God, the God with all the power to do whatever he wants, whatever he wills, that that glory would be in the church and that we would see it through Christ Jesus and throughout all generations forever and ever. That's what Paul is saying here in the last verse of chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3. That means we are to we're to spread this gospel. It's much bigger than Paul. We are to spread this gospel.
Man, this was a good one. This, I think this was the most powerful Faith Friday episode I have ever done. And trust me, this had to be the Spirit speaking through me because I didn't know any of this when I started today. <laughs> I... <laughs> I did not know. And I'm not saying uh, there's no bragging in me at all. This was not me, friends. This was Christ. This was the Holy Spirit giving me words to speak. Because in my brain, that is not where this was going today. So, guys, share this episode with your friends, your family. Share it on your social medias. This was a powerful episode. And I really encourage you to share it. Share it on your Instagram. Share it wherever you can. Uh, it's not for me. I I don't I don't make I make a few dollars off of this episode off of this podcast through the contracts that I sell. Very few, very little money. It's not about the money. It's not about prestige. It's not about me. This message God may have spoke it through my lips, but really it's through his word. So it's through Paul and it's through me to you and it's through you to your social media and it's through your social media to those around you. It's not about me. I could care less. This could be anybody speaking this and I would say share it. This was powerful. All right, guys, that wraps up this this week's Faith Friday. Man. Whew. I I need a break. <laughs> wow. So guys, thank you for listening. I hope this impacted your life. I hope that you heard from God today. And I just pray that this this these Faith Friday episodes would encourage you to get into God's word. To seek him for yourself. That's my prayer for you. All right, guys, that's it. I will see you in the next Faith Friday episode.